The Angry Chicken Hearthstone podcast is produced by amove.tv. Check out Amove TV for more podcasts covering Blizzard games. For more of Jocelyn's gaming podcasts, visit jossplays.com. And to find many more podcasts with Ridiculous Hat, follow at Ridiculous Hat on Twitter. Every episode of TAC is made possible thanks to our legendary patrons over at patreon.com slash TAC. Time's up. Let's do this. You face Jaraxxus. You smell like a leopard gnome. I knew it. So hot. A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken. Greetings and welcome back, me. This is the Angry Chicken, the podcast all about Hearthstone. I'm Garrett, here as always with Ridiculous Hat. Jocelyn is out this week, but that's all right because I am also here as always, apparently, with Jonathan Vigil. What's up, guys? Uh, third week in a row. This is uh, this is a uh, podcast first for me. I've never done three podcasts in a row. Weekly podcasts. Yeah, I mean... Technically, all podcasts are in a row. It's just with long enough. That's true. Long, long. Is it? <laughs> I mean, just depends on how much time is in between. He quantified right, it so, with weekly. So I've been I've been holding it down for Garrett the past couple of weeks. So I got to get my Joss in here, and I got to say, just f Demon Hunter at the top of the show, just just for Joss. Oh, nice. I I felt that like with with the glitter and all. It came in. I'm mad Joss isn't here. I went to a lovely new bar in Key West, which is where I spent the last week and a half, um, where it was completely decked out in unicorns and glitter. And they put edible glitter on all of their drinks. And it was just, it, I was just, Katie and I were there like, we got to send this to Joss, which we did in Discord. But I, I wasn't, I just wanted to like yell at her about it on a podcast that where the topic has nothing to do with my visit to a bar in Key West. But yeah. Strong start, strong start. But I did see the pictures. It was a very, very Jocelyn-ish, Joss-ish bar. Yeah, so if you want like a glitter fantasy world cocktail bar and you find yourself in Key West, Florida, go to Tutu & Co. That's what it's called. Enjoy. All the bar stools have tutus on them. It's great. What is edible glitter? Is it just like sugar crystals it's or something? super metallic um, sprinkles, essentially. But it's so fine. It just looks like crafting glitter. But yeah, it's edible. It was weird. My my mouth looked just wrong by the end of the night. Just absolutely wrong. Just completely covered in glitter. It's a good time. It was a good time. But alas, I have been out of the loop for a long time. So today's episode will be explain Mathria to Garrett like he's five. That's going to be today's episode of the angry chicken because i uh i just got back and i hit the ground running i have been recording and or streaming all damn day and um i really haven't moved my education of what's coming with myrtle Ac- myrtle murder at castle nathria beyond i really want to play dude paladin i, I do and that's that's where i left I, I i took a break i hit pause I hit play right right where I left off. I just want to play Dude Paladin. Yes. Well, we're going to hit play in 
eight days when the expansion goes live. But we do have some experiences to share because Joss and I got to play with the cards in theory crafting because Blizzard is cool and invited us. So we'll talk about that after we thank some very important people. Yeah, so lovely patrons supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC. If you're supporting us over there, thank you very much. And we've got quite a few new patrons to thank. So Donnie B, Andy B, and Demir S. Thank you for signing up. We really appreciate it. If you've never checked it out before, you can get access to our patron-only Discord server as well as an ad-free version of the podcast for your trouble. So check it out, patreon.com slash TAC. Thanks for the support, everybody. And uh, let's get into this week's Lack of news? Good news, everyone! <laughs> oh, no. We are in what I am affectionately calling Nathria Limbo. There's... For me, coming out of, like, a stasis from two weeks, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just like, oh, God. I don't even know where to start. All the cards are out. Yeah, the, the card reveal sequence... The whole sequencing this reveal season has been a little funky. So where we're at right now is roughly the same as last expansion, with the exception of last expansion, the theory crafting streams would be in three days from now, and instead they were three days ago. But last expansion, they yes. were like a week later, right before the fireside, right before the uh, right before the launch of the expansion, and instead they were a week earlier. So we got the cards earlier. A lot of people are theory crafting. It's great for written content creators. I know that over at Fish Syndicate, Zach has to write articles. Like he rates every card and then builds three decks per class. And he's like, this is fantastic. It's amazing. But for everyone that played Voyage Standard and then watched Nathria Standard, it's like, I got to go back to Voyage. Everyone's just kind of sitting and waiting. And when do we get to do the new thing? Which is roughly where I'm at. Does it feel like there's a bit of a momentum issue? Because it felt like, to me, you know, coming in off on the back of the theory crafting, um, which I honestly, like, you know, with me traveling, I wouldn't notice. But because y'all got in, still in the Discord, I'm seeing what y'all are talking about. It was very exciting and very present in my mind that theory crafting was happening. And then I get back and it's just like, it's just all over. And there's just nothing happening this week. It just feels kind of weird. It's an issue right now. And in a month, no one will remember that this happened. It's all very much a, a moment, right? A, a part of the now. And people will talk about this next reveal season of like, yeah, the Nathra reveal season was a little weird. But in terms of weird reveal seasons and announcements over the past year, we've kind of explored this territory before. And this time, at least, didn't have some kind of like sickening allegation to weigh it down. It was just there's kind of a weird week where we don't have anything going on. Um, but it's... It, this is not going to be memorable in the long term. Just right now, we're all jonesing for new cards, and then we don't have them. It's like, but I want it now. This is weird. Um, I, I don't think it's going to end up being a big thing in the grand scheme of things, but it's a little strange how the cadence was oh, like a location a day, then a deluge of cards, and then, all right, see you in a week and a half. And here's some patch notes to tide you over. A little, a little odd. I want to relate this to what they used to do for Magic Arena. Um, Magic Arena is the digital version of of Magic the Gathering. And they used to have the cards out like a week before you could physically go to a pre-release. So before the before like you could sit down and play with the cards and build in person, you had it a week online. So you were able to draft and do sealed events and they didn't have any standard uh, you couldn't do constructed, but they had like a bunch of limited events. And so by the time people got to play in stores, 
they already knew what cards were good. They already knew what cards were bad. The decks were super streamlined. Um, the limited decks anyway. And they ended up just stop stop doing that because a bunch of the you know community was like, hey, this is not fun. Like having the the streamers um and and everyone have access to these cards and then and then by the time we go to play in person that it loses that excitement like i don't want to go to like a pre-release if it's not like i'm getting the cards the first time i get to see them i get to see how they interact you get to play with them like it's like once you already know like it kills the hype so they just took that away completely and i feel like for this like you're right in the scheme of things it's not going to matter because it's it's what eight days away now but it's like it makes this current standard like not worth playing like for me like i am probably not going to touch hearthstone this entire entire eight days like i'll play battlegrounds here and there but i'm over constructed like i have no desire to play well you've seen the future like we exactly. all have. yeah exactly unless you like didn't watch theory crafting which is which you can um, but it, yeah, it's just kind of odd. I, I would imagine they wouldn't want this kind of lull in future releases just for that very reason. But how many people were hankering to play last month, last week, Voyage Standard anyways? If if we had the theory crafting in three days from now, would you be Jones like, I want to play some Standard after this episode. I really want to get in there. There are some funky decks out there, right? And I, what I will say about the current environment that you can kind of do whatever you want. A friend of mine came up with a list of a Renathal Quest Paladin because the air quotes win condition starts in your opener. And it's, I played some. It was funny. It's a funny deck. And I almost won, but they got a Kazakasan and like then I didn't. But it was, it, it felt close because the power level of the format's pretty flat right now. But typically, month four of any standard, people are already looking for reasons to not play it. So this might be one that we can look at, but it's, I don't know how much interest was really there beforehand. Um, it, it does focus it. I'm coming at it more from a marketing standpoint. Like that's why I use that word momentum. Cause yeah, like, you're right. See that. Yeah. Like, like in, in terms of like, you're, you're like uh, to speak generally a general desire to want to play a standard at the very tail end of things. It really doesn't matter. We're all kind of typically over it by the end. Um, but this is like, there was, you know, the theory crafting can be, if it's matches up well with the release date, this like final slew of hype or grumbles. Cause some people don't like theory crafting. We've talked about that to death. I'm not going to get into that now, but whatever it could, it could be this, this tool, this final push of excitement, look at this new stuff. And then, you know, it ends. Then if just a day or two later it drops, then cool. You get to ride that wave. Whereas now that the wave is just cut. So all we're left with is the fact is, Hey, are we all done with standard? Yeah. Yeah. We're all just kind of done with it. And then we don't have any real big, you know, hype moments to rally around for the, for the next, you know, week and a day. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they have the theory, if they move the theory crafting back to the Thursday before the set release. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that again. I really liked that cadence. I'm a little biased because that was the first time we did the theory crafting. And also, my deck tracker worked in theory crafting because we had the patch already. Loved that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a little strange just have a full 12-day period where we have patch notes on Monday. And that's kind of all we're expecting right now. I don't know. Yeah, and, and they're pretty tame patch notes. 
Just again, it's like, well, what are you going to announce? We, we know, you know, we know the cards and we've seen the cards in action. If you're watching these streams, um, you know, we, we know more about battlegrounds now and stuff before we get into that. Yeah. My, again, my point is like, whether you like theory crafting, you don't like theory crafting. If it's going to exist and it's going to exist, you know, timing it a little bit better, I'm sure is something they're aware of. And so, yeah, it's not even so much a critique for me as I'm just like, I'm curious, you know, kind of how this, yeah. how it ended up like this. Um, I'm, I'm sure it was not what they wanted. I'm sure it's not what like their intention. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing because I'm with you. And yes, I've reaped the benefits of theory crafting on the last time around as well. But I think the timing, the way the whole thing was scheduled, it was just smoother and more cohesive last time around. I mean, they might just be trying something new, but I, I would guess that if they look at this, even if they did everything else the same date as this reveal season, even if they gave us the cards this past Thursday... Just having the theorycraft being the day before the firesides, I think, is a better call because it'll sell them more packs. It's, hey, you like the decks you saw on the stream today? You can open them tomorrow and then people will buy them. Just seems like a better yep. better thing. And it feels more momentous, like a big release thing for all of us, you know, to get out of the marketing side of things and just, you know, making it an, an event. So anyways, we did get the patch notes and um, there's some interesting stuff in here. Uh, as a battlegrounds player, I was curious what the hell was going on with the emotes. And now we know we're getting like expansion specific emotes coming to battlegrounds. Did you look at them? Yes, they are fantastic. There is a Watfin drinking tea, and I will buy the perks just for that one. And they throw in a <laughs> bonus entire other expansion of perks. I really like the tombstone and the the sweaty refund. <laughs> Yeah, so what are you from? And like surprised imp is excellent. He's so surprised. What I couldn't suss out in here is can I micro choose which ones I want and which ones I don't? Like if I still want like happy murloc, but also some of these, can I mix and match? Wait, you're going to get rid of happy cow? Oh, that's There's a good example. question. Oh, an you example. Can, you can't get rid of happy cow, man. Let's be honest. That's the best emote there is. Second best. <laughs> <laughs> I I understand the appeal the for Happy best? Cow. Okay. Murwave. Murwave is the best emote. Come on. I'm on Murwave. Fair enough. Garrett, are you a Happy Cow or a Murwaver? Happy Cow is exclusively for tying. Okay. Yeah. Murwave is, is usually my salty emote, and I usually use it for when I go up against someone who drafted the same shit I did, but better. That's usually I, when I merwave. See, I'm the opposite. I, I merwave when I... <laughs> I'm so toxic. I merwave when, <laughs> when we have the same comps, but mine's better, and I crush them. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you are toxic. Yeah, That's terrible. I'm, I'm that. Yeah, I'm that guy. That I usually do the sweaty Torin because I feel bad. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Awkward. Oh, jeez. It's not... It's a Pandaren, isn't it? It's not a Torin. Sorry. Yes, sweaty, sweaty Panda. But yeah, it's... It says you can equip over the base emotes. So I'm guessing you have six slots that are innately occupied that's by how, the six uh, base That's emotes. how I'm hoping that works, but I could interpret that as you just the whole the whole kit goes over the base emotes. I guess we'll find out. Is the top middle one is that is that 
Murdoch Holmes? Uh, that looks like some mech dude. It, it, yeah, he looks like a mech. But he's got a he got the same hat and like a magnifying glass. So I thought it wouldn't that be him? I don't know. Either way, it's, a, it's, it's some way, kind Watt of detective, is, but I don't know what kind of detective. Watfin is for sure the best one of these. Oh yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Just drinking his drinking his tea, no big deal. Now I'm just going through really quick. Private Eye kind of looks like that, but it's an ogre, not a mech. Uh, I'm just saying, does that character pop up? In any of the card art, as I quickly go through, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing there, but they look great. More of this, please. If if down the road, I just have a massive emote collection and I can really get in there, nitty gritty, and customize what ones I have. That's a nice. That's a nice boon to what I'm spending for the perks in battlegrounds. I would like that. Do you say random hero portrait? No. Yes. Oh, I- chat did. <laughs> oh, chat did. Okay, I thought you said that as if it was coming, like. It is. I, you know, it is this. It path. is coming. It is coming. It is, it is oh. coming. I did not say it though. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Would it be coming to standard too? Because that's the only thing I it want is. in standard. It is it's coming. Let's go, dude. It's coming Let's slightly later in the new section huh? that we're in. No, you shouldn't. I want these live yeah. reactions. Live reactions <laughs> out of sequence. That is the angry chicken. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the random card back because I own so many, and like, yeah, I have my favorites, but. Being able to just have my entire collection going is awesome. I've always wanted that for heroes because I have my favorite hero portraits, but it'd be cool to like cue and be like, wait, what deck am I playing? I don't even know what this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sick. Let's go. Like I'm, I'm into that big time. <laughs> Embrace the random. I Love it. don't, I don't do random card back, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. More, more randomness is great. Um, the thing I'm the most excited about, and was this even in the original thing or what? Because I, I just saw it about tweets. Uh, the holding down space bar to open packs. Oh, uh, yep. That's oh. in there. It's I love that, too. It's down at the bottom. Uh, this is in, we're, we're, doing, we're doing some upside down patch noting. But yeah, so there's uh, multiple favorite random hero skins. You mark them like you set card backs. And then you can either do use favorites or use all from this class if you suck random. Um, there's space bar to continually open packs. It's going to be slow when they first launch it. Like, there's going to be a delay between packs. Currently, it's, I'm not going to say intended, but they know about it. And there's going to be a hotfix after the expansion to speed it up. But right now, it's going to be a little bit slower uh, than, than spamming. But it still works. You just hold the space bar down. Uh, unclear how it goes in terms of pack order. Like if you're saving a pack at the top and you want to span opens ones that are later, I don't know if that's going to work. We'll find out. Um, yeah. And then also the a, a, an important update, the returning player experience. So you know those quests, the free deck and the quest rewards that you get every four months. If you haven't logged in for four months and you log in, they give you something. It was once per account. I say was because now every time anyone is logged out for 120 days or more, those reset. So you can get a free deck every time, you know, quest line every time. But again, this is only if you're logged out for four months in a row, 120 days. So it's not, it's not like meaningful in terms of income to just stay logged out until you hit the timer and then get it. Just play the game. The reward track gives you stuff. But if you end up uh, leaving and coming back and then you do that again, 
then they will give you the rewards again. That is a really great quality of life change. Yeah. My EU account looks forward to <laughs> the decks. Yeah. Even though I just play BGs over there. Well, you can either set the timer or just play more BGs. Both? But uh, no, you cannot, you cannot do both. You can play BGs in your America's account. I mean, I could wait a while and then go back to play BGs. I suppose so. <laughs> it's 120 plus days. So, you know, maybe I just go on a tear on my main account. And I, and I feel confident and, and have no reason whatsoever to go smurf over on my EU account until I figure out the BG meta. Good luck, Garrett. 120 days of feeling confident in BGs sounds very nice. I would, I would like to see that future. Well, I'm confident that the new BG hero that they added is rad. So maybe that will help you maintain your streak. Do you know who they added? Togwaggle? My boy Togwaggle. They finally put him in the game. Finally. Well, he was in solo content. Now he's in BGs. Soon he will be a rogue skin. My campaign to get Togwaggle, it's my portrait in as many modes as possible, is bearing fruit. So, want to talk about this hero power because it's pretty nutty. I do. So it's called The Perfect Crime, costs nine gold, and it steals all minions in Bob's Tavern. Each turn, your hero power costs one less. And there's a nice little note here. Dev comment saying that at the end of each recruit phase, the cost of your next hero power will reduce by one automatically. Each time you use the hero power, its cost resets to the original nine gold cost and starts the cycle over again. So you can wait for that sweet, sweet discount, but once you use it, it resets the nine and you got to wait again. But at that point, you'll be later in the game. And if you really just want to buy the whole damn store, you'll have the gold for it. I can't wait for the curve sheet to figure out the ideal turn to use this. And I can't wait to misplay with it and use it a turn early in bottom or top eight, bottom, whatever, whatever the, the lingo is for losing immediately. I can't wait to do that with a bunch of cards in my hand. <laughs> that is such a cool hero power, like being able to just get everything because there are so many times that I'm like, you have to pick and choose what minion you want. But you're like, I kind of want this, but it's not worth freezing for. And it's like, it's like, I'm going to tavern up next turn so it's like there's no point and then you just instead you just get everything and then you just sort it out and then it goes back to nine and then you're like all right in a couple turns i'm gonna do this again really cool um i'm sure i'm sure uh hearthstone battlegrounds pros are gonna find a way to um like you said find the right optimal curve for this where you know there's leveling and stealing and rolling and there's there's so much involved there's so much math involved and all that stuff that it's uh, really cool. It like I can it, my my gut tells me it's going to be kind of like the when you play Millhouse and you just end up with a bunch of random stuff because everything's affordable. You just have this menagerie by proxy. It's going to be that, but it all happens at once instead of accruing over the course of the game. Of course, you'd be lucky. My theory is here that your job is to be is to refresh your level 6 tavern the turn this costs 0. That is my my guess here, that the turn you hit 10 gold, probably have a tavern with a level 6 tavern, because that has the maximum number of minions, and then hit the button, and then probably win. Okay. Tier 6 is the one where it gives you that last extra minion, what, 6 minions in the shop? 
So, zero gold, gain six minions from a tier six tavern? That seems like where I want to be. So how do you survive while getting there? Is what I want to think about. <laughs> so it, it resets to nine each time. So you could technically do this every single time. Every single round yeah. after nine gold. After right? nine gold, yeah. There's nothing stopping you from doing it every turn post turn eight. That's pretty crazy. Because if there's uh, the gambler, if there's two gamblers, you're like, okay, thanks for the free minions. Like, that's crazy. I mean, it's theoretically free minions at the cost of any synergy rolling for every minion that's more than the third minion, right? Because it'd normally be nine gold for three minions, and instead it's nine gold for all of them. And you could sell some of them back, but you don't really get to pick what you're getting there. So you just, you're brute forcing it instead of, uh, instead of rolling. But that seems probably worth it at some point. I don't know. It's a really funky hero power. I want to, I want to play Hogwaggle. I want to do that. It's in the game tomorrow. We get to do that. If you have perks. Do that. Also, you (laughs) need to get lucky and find Hogwaggle. (laughs) Or a lucky Finley. Mm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. I believe that it has the increased offering rate uh, for when he's first in the game. So someone in each lobby should have a chance at him, uh, which means if he's good, you might get to lose to him. That's almost as exciting. <laughs> he's, a greedy, he's a greedy little kobold, that guy. Are you excited about dragon buffs? Tier one dragon buffs? Chrome Wings a return to the pool. I don't know if I'd say it's a buff per se but it's in the game instead of out of the game so i suppose that's better that's fair that's fair uh yeah so red whelp got one attack yeah uh one one attack but one oh no it was a one two before right it wasn't a one three correct one yeah the, so the one three was the chroma wing and it, it's now coming back instead of doubling your attack it now says uh after you upgrade your tavern tier gain plus one plus one for each friendly dragon, which is different, is kind it is, is it better nerf. or worse? Is it's yeah? It seems like it's a nerf, right? I think it'll help the dragon comp, which struggles. But yeah, it's basically worse for everyone else that would abuse this in the way that it used to work. It's a one-one. I am not excited yes. about this. It is a one-one. <laughs> I'm. Um, I understand the theoretical scaling here. I'm going to let other people figure that out because I don't want to buy this. Uh, it's is this a nerf? <laughs> it was part of a strategy so broken before they had to remove it, and now they're putting it back, and I don't want to buy it. It's a nerf. I'm glad that strategy doesn't work anymore. But hey, your red whelp hits a little harder now. It does. It can. Uh, it trades with a silverback patriarch now, whereas before it would lose that fight. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I like it. Sometimes you just get a free win from having the, uh, the one damage. Yeah. Because they only have one minion, and if they have, a, you know, the 3-1 Quillborn, they don't use the gem. Or, yeah. And then you're like, okay, thanks for the win. There are, there are worse minions to buy on turn one, like Evolving Chroma Wing. Are we just pooping on Chroma Wing right now? Is that what we're doing? It would be hard to do considering it can fly. It'd be really hard to pull off. <laughs> it's going to poop on you, Garrett. I'm more curious in the logistical 
aspect of that question than I am about, do I want to buy Chroma Wing on one? So we should probably just move on. Oh, hold on. I forgot. I got pooped on by a chicken in Key West. How did you forget that? How was that forgotten? It seems really notable. I didn't think to mention it on the show called The Angry Chicken, but yeah. Yeah. So I was just in Key West for a while and uh, a chicken pooped on me while I was eating dinner. That is so, so meta right now. What do you have for dinner? Clip that. Were you eating chicken? Uh, That's what I want to know. Yes. Yes, I was. I had a, I was having a chicken burrito at a really good Mexican restaurant. So to our, I'm going to educate some folks who were, did not show up to this podcast to learn about Key West today, but Key West has wild chickens and they are protected. Key West chickens are protected by law. We're not allowed to mess with them or remove them from your property or harm them in any way. Um, yeah. So we were eating outside at a, a Mexican restaurant that I absolutely love down there. And I was sitting under a tree. Guess where chickens like to hang out, especially when it's hot. <laughs> Up in the tree. So, yeah. I, I love how our talk about crapping on this minion coming back, at being nerfed, turned into Garrett literally getting crapped on by a chicken. You just described every podcast on Earth. Just complete. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't have led to this, but here we are. Here we are. <sighs> I hope y'all learned something today. Check the tree before you eat. <laughs> Wouldn't have mattered. I didn't have a choice. Hey, Hat, um, how do you feel about these marks and duels updates? I feel like you want me to talk about them, and I'm going to do it. Um, so there have been you updates. You are the resident to- player of those modes. It's true. Yeah, the mercs updates. So I've been playing a little bit of mercs, not PvP and PvE. A lot of the system change they made over the past six-ish months or whatever have caught up to me, and I'm like, I'm a fan of most of them. You know, it's, it's been enjoying myself. Uh, they made a lot of updates here. In addition to adding, uh, Surfinley is added to the mode, Cthune is added to a free task chain, but they took a look at a lot of the older mercs in the mode. There were a bunch of reworks here to mercs that were, like, original or added early on. Um, Brightwing, Anacondra, Morgul, Guff. They're, they work pretty functionally different now, including some pretty hefty upgrades where they originally designed these mercs that one equipment was clearly the way to go, but that restricted the options that you had. So they just took the damage that that equipment gave and just baked it into the ability, and just made the mercs way, way better. So they're actually competitive while doing a couple nudges here and there uh, and some bug fixes that are effectively nerfed, like particularly to Trigor. It's a small change, but a significant one. So happy about that. There are 32 mercs that were changed in this update. I think it'll feel pretty significant. Um, And duels, there's a really, really big upgrade that's a big deal to me. So the whenever they released a new hero, the treasures and abilities were locked. For Diablo or Drek'thar or Vandar, it was behind various things you did in game. Do this X times, do that X times. Uh, same for the League of Explorers, the Tombs of Terror heroes, except the unlocks also would carry over from the single-player content that they put out back in Saviors. Now, all single-player content wasn't free. You had to pay for it. It's still on sale. And there was a month-long bug in June where the unlocks just didn't work. You couldn't unlock anything either in that system or in Duels itself. So they said, you know what? Fine. No unlocks forever for anything. So... If you ever went into duels and you're saying, hey, I want to do the cool new thing, then you click the hero and you couldn't do the thing, and then you left duels, that experience is gone now. 
you will have access to every duel's treasure, every duel's hero power, right away, no unlocks, just play. Really looking forward to it. I played less of the mode because I didn't want to do my homework to get to the cool stuff, and they took away the homework, so now it's just fun. Uh, in addition, as always with every pre-launch patch, the one place where you can play with the new cards is in duels buckets. So if you start a duels run tomorrow, you will get Nathria cards offered to you to play with. You can't build your deck with them, but in the buckets you'll see between games, you can pick Nathria cards. So you'll be able to play with them, be able to make achievement progress, be able to try out the new hero, Darius Crowley, who's brought over from Monster Hunt, uh, and there are no unlocks, no nothing. You can just play. So, well, some balance changes, some nudges here and there, but I think it's a really, really nice change here that just makes it easier on everybody. That does just sound better. Yeah, duels is a is a fun mode. Like, like I've I've always said, like I like playing it and how how cr- like crazy the decks can get and. It's just it's impossible for me to keep up with another meta to to know like what car, you know what powers they have and what this and that. But like every time I've played duels, I've always left being like, "This was fun." Like I I lost the I went o three, still fun. Or or I had a good run and had a good time. Like I like the mode and it being completely unlocked is just more incentive to go over there and play. Like. Um, burnout on on standard and not feeling battlegrounds like go play duels like that's that's amazing like i really like that and and the fact that you can <clears throat> that you can get the the new cards because back in my day <laughs> the only time you get the the new cards was when you did arena i don't know if you guys ever done that have ever done that but i used to play arena a lot gvg the GVG yeah. reveal it was a big deal where like that was the first full expansion we got and they were like they put the patch and they're like, hey, go look at Arena. And we could just draft the cards. Yeah. And it was the coolest it was awesome. thing. It was it awesome. It was the coolest thing. I, why don't they do that? <laughs> uh, they definitely I, should. I was Be shouting fun. this after the second expansion released and they didn't do that. And I'm still shouting them. Why the why? Why not do that again? It was so cool. Like I guess, I don't know, I'm also super biased because back when I was really in the magic. I was really into sealed. And so I like, I got the most excited about pre-release sealed night. Like those midnight Friday (laughs) events. I loved those. And that's what that felt like. It felt like new set, go to the limited format where you get a, you get a taste, you get a taste of, of the new stuff to come. You get to play around with it before anyone knows what's great about it. And we're forcing you to be put it in a weird deck. That's imperfect. I loved it. Yeah, same. I'm I'm with you. I love that. And that's the only time I I I pay, play paper magic anymore is doing the previous events. Like after that I just play online all the time. Like I love that the limited the limited card pool that you get and having having to draft it is even better than a sealed. Like I like sealed, but having like randomly getting offered like a random new card, you're like, oh like this is probably the wrong pick, but I, I want to play this new card, so I'm going to draft it. Just want to play yeah. with it. Yeah, it's awesome. Play with it. Yeah, it's... Ah, that was so... That was so cool. I should come out in chat room. Where was this? Saying people were asking about if it, there was a tech issue preventing it, and they've said it could work and should return soon if they decide to. Was that like an XR AMA or something? That was Celestalani. Hmm. We can come back to that if we get... If we get a link, 
That was so cool. I was so hyped about that when I originally had. Yeah, that is old now. My God. 2014-ish. I'm a hearthstone boomer, man. Just like you. We're we're a bunch of boomers here chatting about the the, the boomer chicken. Here we are. (laughs) December 8th, Um, 2014. Wow. That's when the game came out? That's when Goblins vs. Gnomes came out. Oh, true. True. Um, So... Most of the, I mean, we covered most of the patch notes, but I'm curious. I don't even know if this is in the show notes, so sorry if I'm just going off off track here. But I'm very interested to know, Pat, what was your favorite deck? Not best performing. What was your favorite deck that you made that you played for theory crafting, personal? And I I know that it's a little different because you have to use a certain number of cards, and you probably would have built it differently had you could have, but what was your favorite deck of the day? So my first question to you in response is, are you apologizing for going off track when Garrett described how he was shit on by a chicken? <laughs> is that what's yeah, happening you know right what? now? You, you, my friend, are on 65 podcasts. I'm a guest on one of them on occasion. So I feel like when I derail stuff, it's new territory for me and I shouldn't be doing that. So I'm trying to get my podcasting chops here so you have to forgive me on that (laughs) but yes i did i did ask for forgiveness for that the important thing about getting your podcasting chops stop caring when you derail because you have to assume if you were a serial podcaster you have to assume that your personality is so sparkling that people tune in for it it can't possibly be the content it must be you that's the only way to get by in this business to answer your question favorite deck i played there were a lot of i had a lot of fun with a lot of different classes um probably Enrage Warrior because I high-rolled every game I play with it and it was awesome to draw Little Rokar and Imbudax. Imbudax is a 3-minute a 2-3 weapon, warrior weapon. When you swing with this, give your damage minions plus 1, plus 1. If you've infused 3 before you play, it's actually plus 2, plus 2. Snowball's out of control really fast, uh, but also I drew Little Rokara against 2-2s two multiple times. So I attacked on turn 4 with a 15-4 Frothing Berserker. And like... Yeah. I, cat, just cat. Dexter won't leave me alone because he hasn't seen me for a while. So I'm just going to love my cat while we have this conversation. Is that okay? You scritch him behind the ears for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. from Uncle Hat, Dexter. That's from me. So um, I Edelweiss built the list. She said she wanted to make these old cards uh, work the uh, Cruel Taskmaster Acolyte of Pain Frothing Berserker so I called it 2014 Warrior and I destroyed people with it a lot a lot of fun but there were so many decks that I had a good time with I like I, I played a, a rogue that made two stealth 5-5s five by turn 5 from the location that was pretty good killed opponent fairly qu- fairly fast um, Wild Seed Hunter was really really fun uh, I was trying to think from each class I didn't find a working relic demon hunter list but I know there is one and I want to do that because the relic of Skull of Gul'dan is really powerful uh, let's see Skeleton Mage was pretty fun Silence Priest and Buff Priest was very fun I only played one Paladin game it was pure Paladin I invitationed into both a Mirazon and a Glug and I won that game so I enjoyed Paladin uh <laughs> oh yeah and all the warlock decks are busted as hell because impending catastrophe is the best card in the set that's the uh the the two mana epic <clears throat> spell 
draw a card, then draw another one for each imp you control. I lost to Stealer of Souls Warlock. What? I lost to Stealer of Souls Warlock. Demon Seed, Stealer of Souls, Fiendish Circle, Zero Mana, and Pending Catastrophe. Finished the entire quest in one turn. It only happened one time, then I borrowed the deck and it made my head hurt when I played it, and I screwed up one game and immediately missed lethal. And they played another version later, and then found lethal eventually, even though I'm pretty sure I misplayed every single turn of the game. Um... Where are all the imps coming from? Because I, I I breezed past Warlock and I was like, oh, like Rafam's got imps, and where are it's, all these coming from that are causing impending catastrophe to be ridiculous? Fiendish Circle, Wicked Shipment, Imp Swarm, mm. Mischievous Imp, Flame Imp's just one imp, but you know it's pretty good. Bloodbound Imp is an imp, but he's pretty good. Uh, there's just a lot of ways to do that, but also in the comboy decks, you play like four cards that make two imps. For not a lot of mana, and then you draw three plus, and you're kind of cool. You're kind of all right with that. Um, but in Imp Zoo, I think the least I saw in Pending Catastrophe draw was four, and that was kind of a low roll for them. I played against Dexter twice, and on turn five, he drew six cards two games in a row with one spell. So Imp is going to be a thing that we hear about on the first day. And by we hear about, I mean like in our Angry Chicken podcast host group chat i'm gonna hear about it from the other two hosts probably in our angry chicken patron discord as well and probably to tweets to at tac podcast maybe one one of them will be from at vigil sc i'll take engagement very well could be very well could be um i have a question for you hat are you tapped into wild at all a little bit not a lot of bit but a little bit do you think I think I saw I think I saw Zeddy mention something about this, but do you think that the Malcazar's imp tome tampering combo is broken for wild? You seen what's happening wild these days? <laughs> it's I, I yeah I put I don't play wild too often, but I play degenerate stuff. But I feel like this is kind of scary. I think Mechathune Warlock is already equally this fast without needing to discard their hand. Um, you can, if you want to self-fatigue in that format, you can do that without worrying about it too much. Uh, and, I mean, uh, I played a game played a game the other day. I am not high MMR and wild at all. Uh, but I played a game with a, uh, with a, some kind of, I forget what the druid was trying to do. I think it was actually Cthune druid, the new Cthune, Cthune the Shattered. Right, because this was the game where I pl- my turn 10 was I had 20 men and I played two Cthunes the Shattered. I remembered that. It was that game. Where I just did Floop Scloop, and then I think it was Scale of Anixia on the same turn, and then just had all the mana in the universe in turn 6. You can do... Like, Questmate's taking so many turns in a row. Shutterwalk is freezing your entire board and duplicating itself and Lothaping and whatever. I think this is probably something that they consider discussing in Wild, which means it's probably the appropriate power level to put into the format now. To be competitive in current Wild, you have to be a little spooky, if not really spooky. And this seems like a format, or it seems like a thing that, like, you could work hard for and get something out of it, but current Warlock already draws a lot really quickly and plays a bunch of giants and then disrupts you. 
I'd be curious to see how this lands, but I don't think it's unhealthy, at least not by the standards of the format as we have it right now. Yeah, fair enough. I just I just wanted to know if it was worth uh, a concern. I, I, I play a, a bit of wild. Um, not 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 enough to know anything about the meta. I, I'm like the lowest rank possible. I just dip my toes in and I'm like, oh, yeah, these cards are fun. I'm out of here. <laughs> the best the best wild to play is not highly competitive wild. It's whatever you want to play wild. Love that format. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so before I left, uh, you, Jazz, and I were all kind of stoked about the weirdness that looked like Volatile Skeleton Mage. Did you mess with that at all? I did. It was fun. I played a bunch of mirrors, but the the thing that I was missing that makes something in this ballpark work, Frozen Touch, two mana spell, Deal three damage, frost spell, infuse three, add a frozen touch back to your hand. Every single game I played with mage, this card did nine to 12 damage. It just was permanently infused and you would just fire it off and then go about your business. Having one card that deals nine to 12 damage, pretty good, pretty all right. So it just, it was so easy to infuse. There was a list I was playing, a pilot 712, uh, Gave me a list because we, we t- I did what I did last time is I just tweeted like, hey, tweet me your list. Send me your list in Discord. And I got some. So Pilot built a Frost only, a mono Frost mage. So Frostweave Dungeoneer would always make the one ones. And so my Frozen Touches infused instantly. And then I just got to fire them off over the course of the game. So I think it's a really, really fun deck. Um, and I imagine it'll be popular on day one and won't be oppressive, but people will play it and, and do all right with it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm happy to hear it is as fun as it looked. I have a two-part question for you, Hat. One, did you see any or did you play any Evolve Shaman and is it something to worry about? I did both. So Shaman with cards that evolve things in it, I think will be solid. Full Evolve Shaman, I found very mid. I thought it was okay, but I didn't see any crazy early game scams. The part about Evolve that I hated was turn three Mogu Mutate. I got punished for playing into it, and now it's turn three, and I have to deal with an Alakir, and I probably can't, and I lose the game. I didn't see anything close to that. Now, it doesn't mean it won't happen. There are still high rolls that are possible, but the one time my opponent muck pools to Goldshire Knoll, they rolled another Goldshire Knoll. It wasn't so bad. Because it's there are only six 10-minute minions they can roll. It's very important to note, you cannot evolve into a Colossal. You cannot. They are explicitly disallowed. So there will never be a point where there is a surprise Glug. At least not that kind of surprise. It's, it won't just evolve into randomly, there's a, there's a Hydraldon or a Glug or a Krabato or whatever. It's not, it's not possible it's explicitly disallowed. So... 10 mana pool, it, like it's solid, but it's not it's not quite as super scammy as you remember Mogi Mutate to be. That's not what I'm worried the most about. I'm worried more about Warlock getting a really, really powerful class set, including the best draw spell they printed in a long time. I'm worried about Druid being Druidy, because they also got some pretty powerful scammy stuff. If they can survive, their late game is also quite powerful. Any Closing thoughts on Hat's time with the theory crafting? 
It was fun. I want to play. Well, you can in eight days. You can play all you want. I want to play now. I don't want to wait a Hanukkah. <laughs> eight, you don't want to wait eight crazy nights? It's, I, the nights will be not crazy. They'll be normal nights because I don't have Nathria cards. Americans really will use any unit of measurement besides metric. What is the metric <laughs> measurement for eight days? It's not a rhetorical question. I want to know. <laughs> right in at TAC podcast. Well, I, I, you know, dudes, I really don't know why we bothered talking to Had about what he thinks will and will not be good when Murder Castle Nathier comes out because, I mean, the game's rigged anyway. What does it matter? So this discussion, it came up again on Twitter today. Half of again? me. Again? Again. Half uh. of me actively despises it because it will not die and people only use this argument this theory they only lean into this when they're losing because the thing about rigged matchmaking is someone has to get the favorable someone has to be it has to be rigged in favor of someone and no one ever wins four games in a row it's like wow the system really took care of me no i won because i'm good and i lose because the system screwed me it's never anyone's like i won four games in a row oh it's just it's just hearthstone trying to make me win more no one has ever said that but on the other hand it is very funny to see how people rationalize exactly how the system cheats when it super doesn't. But every single developer that commented on this thread was, I guess, exasperated is the kind of word I'd use. That's definitely the most polite word to use. Maybe not the realest word to use, but definitely the most polite. Yeah, the the thing that has come up for years and years, and there was a YouTube video about this a while ago that got some traction. There was a patent in 2015, an exploratory research patent by Activision about matchmaking based on purchasable items from a different company for Call of Duty. They also explicitly said they didn't end up implementing it. And there are responses from multiple devs in this thread. But the one that I'd like to quote here is from Celeste Lon, friend of the show, friend of us all. This has been brought up numerous times in the past. It has never been true, full stop. If you were looking at that tweet or listening to it and, and thinking that it is in some way ambiguous and there's still a possibility, no, there isn't. There is not. But some people will say that, and it is very funny. I think I think that the feeling of Hearthstone being a full digital game with a fair amount of random randomness when these things when you get the worst outcome multiple times in a row, it feels like that sometimes. It's definitely not like, you know. Like it's like gambling. Like you, you know, if you go and play XYZ game, like there's statistics and there's odds. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna fail this number of times, but you're gonna succeed this number of times. But it's like if someone goes on a hot streak, they just w- keep winning. Or if someone goes on a super cold streak, they just keep losing despite the number, despite the odds, despite the percentages. So it feels like that a lot. Like for me, what makes it feel like that is when I play against Prester Druid 
and they always, always have a one mana Alex Terraza. Every single time, without fail, they just chain Alex Terrazas. And I'm like, this is insane. Please stop killing me with Alex Terraza. It happens all the time. And sometimes I'm like, is this game rigged? Even though I know it's really not. That's just the luck of the draw. That's what makes this game so compelling is the is the the ability to do these things and to have a card like Presser that's totally random, even though I genuinely despise that deck and I hate it, but that feeling is very real. It's a real feeling, but there's no there's no validity to that. There's no like, oh yes, the game's rigged against me so that all of my opponents every single time play Presser on six and they get these they get these crazy dragons every single time. That's how it works. Like it doesn't because you remember those times, but you don't remember the times they they play like a one, two sleepy dragon or they play like a three, four, you know, whatever dragon that does nothing like you don't remember those times, but you remember the 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 times that you got beat by crazy stuff. It's so specific too. like what you describe, like how, how, like what? Oh, we're going to get vigil with that one. Yeah, man, Alex yeah they're going to they're going to code that code that into me where they just. Where they just chain these Alex Rosses. Clearly, Blizzard's against me, and they they coded the game, you know, against Vigil, whatever my hashtag is. He's gonna lose to Alex Rosa every time he plays Presser against Presser Druid. Did they yeah, ever play like, a Moonlit Guidance before that? Because they probably don't pick the Sleepy Dragon. They probably pick the Alex. <laughs> they probably do, and they probably yep. play two. That's how they get two in a row. Yeah, well, and the only the only way that deck really wins, the reason it is built, is to maximize the chances of finding a Kazakasan. So then, if you get salty that they found one, they added ten crappy cards to their deck specifically to do that in a small dragon pool, and then they play Aquatic Form and Moonlit Guidance and Composting to go get it, and they leave the rest of the crappy dragons in their hand because that every card they're holding at the end of the game is a whiff. All of them. So you can count the number of cards in their hand, which is usually around nine. Those are the not Kazakasans. Those are the whiffs. <laughs> I mean, b- back to my point, I-, I-, I understand the feeling, but there's there's no validity to that. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's it's a card. It's inherently a card game. I mean, it's a card game, so it's inherently random with what you can draw, what how you you know, how you do things. But then on top of that, it's a digital card game. So they're able to do these things to have these, uh, like I was saying, presser was just the first thing I could think about, but there's all kinds of random stuff in there. And it takes the stars to align to have something happen. And when that happens to you, you're like, this is rigged because all of this stuff happened at once that under every other circumstance would never happen, but it happened to me. So this game clearly is against me. Like, that's that's not true. It's just it's a ran, it's it's a game with random on top of random sometimes. And that's what will happen. But that also keeps the game fun and interesting and different. Like, you know, like that you could you could play against the same deck and, and you know, it could be crazy kooky stuff and it's it's fun or, you know, you get steamrolled or you could steamroll them like it's like that's that's the game. Yeah, every time. Like I'm with you. I've, I've experienced that feeling, but like every time I can think of, I've experienced that feeling. It's like I've swapped decks and usually that experience goes away of like, like instead of 
you know, how do they always have the thing against me? For me, it's usually, how do I always miss the thing I need? Everything like going all the way back. I always go back to the, the mech mage example, especially when Joss is here to corroborate what she saw with her own eyes, which was my terrible luck with original mech mage. It's like, as soon as I stopped, I left that deck. I went to what at the time I think was mid range paladin. And I was great. I was climbing. Life was good. As soon as I swapped off that deck, I just got unlucky. <laughs> it really was rigged. I would have kept losing. Right. If it was rigged against me on another no, day, the, the algorithm figured out in 2014. All right. Garrett's already fully invested his belief in the system, we can move on to somebody else because the algorithm only does one person at a time. So some days it's just your day. Listeners, please note, I'm making this up as we go. This is not a true thing. I don't think anyone was yeah, making that claim. So Someone's going to come back. Someone's going to come back. There's always a truther. There's always a truther. <laughs> this is absurd. The, the only... Joy is the wrong word, but the only thing I found interesting about this was the human reaction from Hearthstone developers that felt the need to step in. That, that to me, was the interesting part of all of this. Is just like, oh, if I was a person that worked on this game, this would really infuriate me. Just seeing how they all dealt with it in their own way. The original tweet asked... Is this a rabbit hole worth exploring? And Ixar had a one-word response. No. I will say I didn't know about that patent, and it is interesting, and it sounds exactly like the type of evil bull that Activision would patent. They never used it, by the way. They said that, like, we didn't even use it. But it does sound very Call of Duty-ish. Like, I don't know much about Call of Duty, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if you bought a gun, you got paired against people who didn't have it, and then they went and bought the gun. No, you just buy skins in that game. Do you buy actual guns? I, you were asking the wrong people. <laughs> I yeah, do play Call of Duty, and, and not to my knowledge, it's just skins, man. Yeah, then how? Then what would so you I mean, get paired then, up with I other? I don't know. I got really hardcore skins? into Warzone during COVID, which then got me back into Call of Duty Deathmatch. Um, and it was just skins. It was just skins. So I don't, they'd, I don't be like, they'd be like playing battlegrounds against people who have other battlegrounds cosmetics, not MMR. Like you're playing against right. like people who, would, who, would who even have the, pretty boards what, too. Like, what would cool. even the point be? And like, it's not a hot thing anymore, but like way back in the day, all of those challenges of like free to play to legend, all the YouTubers and Twitch streamers that did that kind of stuff. Like, I, I guess they got on the, they got on the, the velvet rope, not rigged list where the game was fair to them. <laughs> Must be nice to be on that list, man. Yeah, the one that doesn't exist, I know. It's weird stuff. Shall we take a uh, take a question before we wrap this up? Yeah. Hello? Hello, it's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, did you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello, brother. <laughs> you can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com or if you're supporting us on Patreon, you can skip the inbox entirely and write us a question in the Patreon Discord. We have a dedicated channel just for that. Or if you know, you want to ask Vigil a question, hit him up on Twitter at VigilSC. Do that. Keep thinking your hat is a Tampa Bay Lightning and I know that's wrong. No, it's a Dodgers uh, practice uh, spring training hat. It's very, you're, you're very small on my screen right now. And I'm like, why is Vigil wearing a, a Tampa hat? No, I would not wear a Tampa Bay. 
I figured as much. I figured as much. (laughs) But uh, Fade to Black wrote in. I believe this came from the patron discord and said, uh, if you have time for questions, do you stay engaged with Hearthstone during this time of the meta or do you just play other games? I'm assuming the implication here of this time in the meta is during this kind of figured out, played out meta. So I wouldn't call where we're at with Voyage as figured out because after they put Renathal, people just took a look at what was going on. They're like, screw that, I'm going to do what I want. People are doing whatever they want. You can do anything. I net decked sh- an aggro Shadow Priest list and I played it. It was okay. Casey tweeted, yes, like he's a grandmaster. It's like, ladder right now does not matter for qualifying for anything. So he was playing Renathal Naga Mage. That deck that deck isn't a deck. He was playing it anyways. Whatever, who cares? You can kind of do whatever you want right now. But I cannot think of very many fourth month standard formats where I was like, yeah, let's jam some games. Maybe the most recent was Dark Moon Races, the end of Dark Moon Fair, because the beginning of Dark Moon Fair was pretty not great. So it didn't, the the expansion was basically the last two months, not the first two months. But during month fours, like my favorite month four is usually right before rotation. Because that feels like summer vacation before going back to school and seeing all your friends again. You go and do whatever, and then you all come back and tell each other what you did. And then you all have the same stuff in common again when you start taking class, you know, when when the set comes out. Love that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, this time, I mean... I'm playing a good bit of Marvel Snap. I'm snapping it. Doing a little snapping. They had some controversy the other day. That's not for this podcast, but there was some controversy. Oh, There's boy, howdy. There was some I stuff tried going down. On, I tried reading up on that, and it was so confusing that I just walked away going, yeah, that, that is sus. That's, yeah. Yeah, they made multiple mistakes, to... and then Ben Brode came into the Discord the next day. and was like, yeah, we made a bunch of huge mistakes. Okay. They did, like, the, the Brode told I, us that gotta, they messed up. Seeing a we hear you message from Ben Brode hurt. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, you too. Yeah. You, you, we hear you is the most empty line you can write in anything involving games when, when it comes to messaging in gaming. I'm, yeah, I've, I've heard that enough times. Yeah. It's, yeah. but I do believe that they heard us because also in the official Discord, they were like, Hey, shipping it this way was a massive mistake. Like ex- explicitly said that I'm not. I'm not paraphrasing. That's what he said. Um, by the way, gameplay is fun. Whatever. I'm. I'm not spending any money on it right now. Uh, but you know there there are there are plenty of other um, plenty of other games out there. But I'm still clearing my quests, doing a little bit dabbling in the other modes. I'm actually excited to play some duels tomorrow. No unlocks a really really big deal to me, and we get to play with the new cards. But am I playing a lot of standard right now? Absolutely not. I'm clearing most of my quests in wild because I want to, but I did get standard lodging this month. Um, you know, it's it's just I played uh, Quest Rogue of all things because I wanted to because it doesn't really matter what you play in Voyage Standard as long as you like it and you know what you're doing. I do both depending on my mood. I mean, it's it's like like anything like when a new set comes out, it's it's like when a new game comes out, it's exciting, it's fun, you want to play it, and then you you know you get to the end game and you beat the game, and it's like. All right, like, should I, should I fire it up? Should I keep playing it? Like, you know, now that I've done what I want to do in the game, like, I don't know, that's for each each person to decide. But for me, I'll still play standard here and there. And I think for me, this last um, 
getting to legend. I've got I've, I've been legend I don't know a dozen or so times, but this this one was particularly uh daunting. Like it was it was it felt this one felt more like a chore than any of the other times I got to legend. And I think that is just because of yeah, this 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 time in the meta because like like I said it's not solved because you're seeing new stuff all the time, but it's really I don't know. It's it's not as fun as it is when the, the the cards first release. Like it's not new. It's not exciting. It's not what it is. So for me, like if I'm gonna play Hearthstone, I'm the majority of my time I'm gonna play Battlegrounds, um, just because I enjoy that mode. And I think that it's it's just it's something I can do where it's low stress and it's I don't have to think about it too much and I don't have to super pay attention. Um, so I don't stay engaged in the meta other than having a stream or two up um when i'm on my computer doing uh, other stuff like i'll have you know a streamer up and and oh this is oh this is people are playing this now cool this is that seems seems like it's fun and i'll just you know keep doing my stuff so personally i'm not engaged in the meta like i am like when this you know the first month or two of the set um I mean, I just know from, like I said, from streams and stuff. So it's, uh, it, it is harder to stay engaged, but there's, there's so many modes in Hearthstone you can do that are, that are fun. Like I highly recommend, you know, playing Battlegrounds at this time. And like had said, duels is now going to be totally unlocked and fun to play. Like definitely going to check out duels with when standard gets, gets bored, tiring. Yeah, I jump around. Um, I uh, right now this time around, I'm still playing Battlegrounds, and even that is figured out and kind of boring, if I'm being honest. But uh, I'm more in the mood for that than I am for Standard's brand of figured out. Um, if that makes if that makes any sense. Um, just I didn't really like that game, and I imagine if you feel that way about Standard Hearthstone, that that's what you do. If you're just like, man, I just I just like Standard Hearthstone. There's nothing wrong with continuing to play it. There's also nothing wrong with taking a damn break when you need it. Um, a lot of times, I'm usually checking out other games right now, but I also usually play more than one game at a time. So, um, you know, I've been for, doing some Hades runs. Game's still good. Yeah, game's still I've good. Been progressing through Final Fantasy 14 since. Last December, haven't stopped. Still working my way through there. That is happening in the background the whole time. Was playing Here's the Storm. Uh, it, it's dead now, by the way. Um, so, I haven't played much yet. Funny enough, I probably played the most Heroes games the day after that announcement came down. I played a lot of Heroes that day. But since then, you've fun. come out of the Nexus? Well, since then, I took a break and went to the Keys and murdered a podcast. You know. Rescued some baby turtles. Circle of life. I did rescue some baby. I got a lot of weird stories. Y'all want to hear it right before today's show. We found 13 baby turtles s- stranded in our backyard. Tiny little, what are they? Red ear. What the, what's like the common Florida turtle. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Neither of us yeah. are Floridian. You're, you're asking. We saved them. <laughs> yeah. They have been relocated to the tiny little swamp that is in our neighborhood. We put them in some thick brush. Cause I saw birds around and I was like, here, this will give you the greatest advantage. So, hope they're all right. It's been a weird one. But yeah, no, usually I just go play other games. Go spread my wings, check out other auto battlers, check out other card games. I've Twice, uh, there's two very specific times where I can remember I went over to Magic, Magic Arena. I was like, hey, I forgot how much I love this game. 
because I was really burnt out on Hearthstone. Um, so sometimes like it's exactly what I need and you know, maybe it, it leads to a longer break from Hearthstone than I expected. Other times it makes me like Hearthstone more like, uh, what the hell was the riot card game? Uh, Runeterra. I'm there still you playing go. that. I played that and I was like, boy, howdy. I hate everything about this game. And it just made me go right yeah. back to Hearthstone. It's not your, I feel real confident. That's not it your is, jam. It is it my is. least favorite parts of Hearthstone and magic. I would, I just would rather play either Hearthstone or magic. Like it's keyword soup. Yeah. I really like the single player mode in that game. It's free and it's great and it's a roguelike. So obviously, uh, but it is, it has a small audience for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying it's entirely bad. I'm saying like that for me, I was like, Whoa, no, not for me. Going back to Hearthstone. Um, so it's the same thing with that artifact game when that came out, but I think I was not alone in that. You were definitely no not. <laughs> no, no one played it. Yeah. No artifact was not, was, was just, a big flop. I distinctly remember playing like four games of Gwent being like, I'm out. I'm out of here. Gwent so. was great on Witcher three. In the game Witcher 3, the Gwent in that game was awesome. And I played some beta Gwent. It was all right. Uh, but the best version maintain I maintain is the single player one inside of Witcher 3. That's my favorite one because it's not balanced because it's not trying to be. It's a, it's a player versus computer game. I just remember the non-Witcher 3 Gwent being the first game to buy players away from Hearthstone. And I was just like, uh, it's skeezy. If we're talking about an in-game card game, I got a story that will be for Garrett. So, is that Triple um, Triad? It is about Triple Triad. I knew so it. I played I played oh. Final Fantasy VIII growing growing up a lot, and I loved Triple Triad. And then I played Final Fantasy uh, fourteen when it came out for like a little bit. I just I I'm I don't play MMOs anymore. It's just not my jam. But my buddy was like, "Yo." You, they have the golden saucer and you can play triple triad. And I'm like, what? I was like, Final Fantasy 7 and 8? There's like, there's that's not real. And he's like, no, seriously, you can go and challenge people in triple triad at the golden saucer. And I'm like, yep, I have to do this. So I literally got an account, played for a month, just grinded as fast as I could to get the golden saucer to unlock triple triad to be playing against other people. Like, so I got, I got a Final Fantasy subscription just to play triple triad. That's how much I loved it. So first of all, my buddy Kyle uh, used to be on the Heroes show with me. And we're launching a new show this Thursday. Uh, haven't announced it yet, but launching a new podcast this just Thursday, did. everybody. Well, just, Warpage, just well, well, no, we mentioned that we're doing it. We haven't named it yet. Um, we know we're naming it. I haven't announced the name of it. Anyway, uh, we're, it, it didn't mean to promote it here, but it's going to be the about old Final Fantasy. No, uh, <laughs> there will be Final Fantasy. I want talk, a shirt. No. I want a shirt. <laughs> I do. That's so non-specific. What are people going to start talking? What if it's like when you never played? There's so many. Garrett, finish your oh, story. All right. Anyway, it's going to be on the. We're re, we're just rebranding the Instant Access feed. So if you're on the ITN feed, just stay there. Stay parked there. We're revamping it as a new show. Um, but he got really into Triple Triad because we're doing the Grinding Gear Final Fantasy 14 YouTube content right now, and he got super into it. He's loving it. So you're not alone. I also just learned that there are. Entire communities of people that have a Final Fantasy 14 account just to play its version of Mahjong because it has mm-hmm. in-game Mahjong and people are obsessed with it. So but you're, you're not alone, Vigil. I, I thought it was weird, but I'm glad that I'm not the only weirdo out there doing playing a MMO just to play a card game within the MMO. <laughs> I, I, 
I ran into a classmate of mine from college that I have not talked to since graduation. Uh, ran into her in game uh, in Final Fantasy, and I'm pretty sure she was joking, but kind of think she was serious that she basically just plays the game to collect clothes in game and put together outfits because the, the what they call the glamour system in that game is ridiculous. So you know, any MMO has hyper specific reasons that people might be playing it. Side note. One more little tiny derailment. Had I have a question for you. Oh, is boy. Marvel Snap only Android? Uh, there is iOS as well. I know the microtransactions were weird for a bit, but I think they fixed that. So it's now closed beta invite only. Uh, and also Philippines, New Zealand, Australia. There are people that have tried to get it by either region swapping their iPhones or sideloading an APK on Android. If you sideload an APK on Android, I know that you can't buy anything because it's got super strict region locking. Um, if you swap regions in iOS, I know some people have actually successfully spent money on it. I don't know how that works. I got invited. You know, happy about that. Uh, Same. And, yeah. And now, like, there's controversy with Capital C, but I think it's, it's I'm still playing without spending money. I have faith that the devs honestly made a mistake here because it doesn't make any sense that people with this kind of experience would make a decision so unethically evil that they would have every single influencer in their game make a video about how predatory their game is and they'd be like, yeah, this is what we wanted. I assume it was a massive mistake. That's what I'm assuming. They could prove me wrong, which is why I'm not spending any money on it anymore right now. I spent some money before. I did it. I'm not going to spend any more right now. Uh, but the gameplay is low friction. The games are three to four minutes. It's it's about what I want to do. I can sneak in games a lot more easily when I'm out and about. It's portrait mode, which is a huge deal when you're using one hand while walking down a New York City block. Not to say that I play while walking, but I'm going to say I'm sorry for whoever I almost ran into today. Boy, that um, sounds so <laughs> dangerous in New York. It's probably not great, but I'm alive now, so... Consequences haven't come home yet. Um, anyways, it's it's really convenient, and I do think there's depth to the gameplay. The biggest issue is that their mistake with monetization was so bad. It wasn't just, I'm not going to buy this, but it was, can I support the developer that will make this kind of decision? It was that level of terrible. And it luckily, so far, they came out and said, everything about what we did was wrong, which is the right first step. But we have to see, you know, how that follows through because it's entirely possible that they just aimed really high to see if people would accept it. I don't think that's the case because they aimed so, so high here and the language was so misleading that it was either a mistake or purely evil. And I don't believe it was purely evil. I, I don't know anything about the controversy, but is it anything like how Diablo Immortal is, has been received? Because I know that people are freaking out about that too because like someone apparently... I, I don't know if this is true, but somebody spent like $20,000 in game and only got like one of the gems that they needed or wanted or something. I, I don't know. I don't play the game. I mean, it's a completely different system, but it's definitely a similar, I would say, emotion from the people that are mad about it. Yeah. Immortal had the problem of being exactly what it seemed like it was, which is the end game is hugely pay to win. I don't believe that Snap is pay to win. 
But they added a monetization system called a Nexus event that is actually just a bunch of loot boxes with misleading wording on the on the Nexus event screen about what you're going to get if you spend X amount that it looks like it's referring to cards, but it's actually referring to cosmetics. Uh, so that's the part that really rubbed people the wrong way. That's also the part that was explicitly said uh, that is a problem. Like the the devs that make the game are like we that should never have shipped. So I I want to believe them. I have to wait to see if I can. I'm pretty sure I can. I want to believe them. But Immortal was about the game being exactly what it looked like, and Snap was an issue about people being surprised by what the game turned into. And I think those are two different circumstances. But the level of blowback has been pretty similar. Though Second Dinner doesn't have also multiple lawsuits against them right now. Okay, well, we need uh, the new expansion to come out so we can talk about that instead of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a lot. It is. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm, uh, I actually enjoy Snap, but all of the other like Blizzard mobile games, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to talk about mobile games. Don't make me. <laughs> so I leave, I leave for tour tomorrow, so I'm going to be gone. But does TAC have a plan for, uh, for show release? Because isn't it coming out? Before yeah, a show to... or something, Garrett. Can hold on a second, Garrett. Can we appreciate you haven't been here the past two weeks? Vigil is the best segwayer I have ever had on on Angry Chicken. He's so I'm, good at this. I'm trying. I'm trying to give. Like I said, I'm trying to give people the content that they that they are here for. They're paying for. Being a patron myself, I know what it's like to want to know. I want to know. I can say for sure that your skill at segways is not typical podcasting content. Most podcasts <laughs> just like sl- smash cut to whatever else we want to talk about, or we talk about Garrett getting shit on by a chicken in a tree, like just because <laughs> we want to. Um. So, uh, it, is is there a plan? Are you going to let people know on on Patreon on on Twitter, or do you? Is there? Do you guys have it up, could, made could, up yet? I can tell you right now. The plan is to record Wednesday night. Instead of mm. Monday night next week. Okay. So the day after the set instead of the day before the set. Yes. So we have. That makes sense. That, that makes perfect sense. With the li- the expansion in the live game to talk about as opposed to like today, which is. Well, hmm, I guess I guess we're done with the hype, huh? <laughs> guess, guess we're giving a dragon one attack. And <laughs> battlegrounds. Well, I for one will be downloading the podcast. Because that's the best way to support, correct? Sure. I mean, d- define support. <laughs> well, he, yes. Obviously, obviously, the pa- the Patreon's the best way to support. But I know, I know, podcasts are about more about downloading than streaming, right? Is that? I, I was told. I don't know if that's true. We're pro download. If you'd like to download the podcast, we're never going to say no, and we're always going to say yes. I download the podcast. I'll I'll listen back to a little bit on occasion. I usually don't. But I, I have auto download set up. Downloads downloads help because they give us an idea of how many how many of you out there are engaging with the content. Streaming is nice because we like talking to you over in chat, which is over in this monitor right over here. Patreon support is also really nice because that directly supports the streamers and podcasters that you know and love. Like Garrett and his new show that is gonna start on Thursday. And like me, who has other shows. And like Joss, who is glitter and sparkles and also is a talented podcaster that you know. So it's however you choose to support us. We're just glad that you're hearing the words right now. We're glad that you're listening. And Vigil, thank you so much for being here for a few weeks to be our resident, you know, vocalist. 
<laughs> hey, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, before uh, we we end it, I want to personally say thank you to the patrons as well because uh, Angry Chicken uh, uh, pays their guests. I've gotten paid multiple times from you guys, and that's because the patrons come and support uh, however much they support, whether it's a dollar or twenty five or fifty hundred, whatever you guys decide. It it, it does help the podcasters and helps the guests too. So thank you. Well, that was extremely kind, man. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw to you cause it feels right now. Where can folks find you for your gaming related stuff? And then I'm going to ask you about your tour. Uh, you can find me, uh, all my gaming stuff is vigil SC, um, on Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, because I, uh, I'm in a, I'm a, I'm a musician in a band and I have a lot of people following me on my other socials, but anytime I was telling these guys in the pre-show, anytime I post something that is video game related, it gets little to no traction. No one cares. So I made a separate account for that kind of stuff. So I can post about it, talk about it and engage with people who actually care. So that's exciting. So vigil SC for all my gaming stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's where you should go. If we chat after show, remind me that I had a a question that merges the lines between streaming and music that I wanted to ask you, but I won't hit you with it here since we're in the outro. Um, and then you're going on tour with your band, The Ghost Inside, which I think is freaking awesome. And, uh, you know, way back when, if you weren't listening back then, folks, when we heard from Vigil on Twitter that he listened to Angry Chicken, I was like, holy shit, I know who you are and your band is awesome. Um, so that's why we started bringing you on, uh, cause I was a fan of the ghost inside. So you're going on tour. Where can folks find you? Uh, yeah, my band's the ghost inside. We're going on tour with, uh, a band called the data remember. Um, Oh, I'm, I might know them. They're, you know, they're, just they're a from little Ocala. popular. They're from, from Ocala, Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we're going on tour with them and, uh, it's exciting because I don't want to go too deep into everything, but, uh, our band had, had to be sidelined because we were in a tour bus accident. And we spent so many years uh, recovering from that. And then right when we came back, COVID started, uh, lockdown started. So we haven't actually been on tour since like 2015. So it's going to be interesting to go on tour and do uh, do what we can. We're not playing every date of the tour. We're playing just like select dates that we can travel to without having to put a lot of stress on our bodies because, you know, our drummer lost his leg in the accident. I have an ankle fusion, broke my back, broke my neck. Like I'm have a donor ACL. Like we're, we're all a mess physically. So we're doing what we can. We're getting back on the road and it's exciting. And I'm going to be playing Hearthstone on my phone from the road. And I'm going to be downloading the, uh, the, uh, angry chicken, uh, uh, patron feed with no ads. It's awesome. Not having ads. (laughs) So good at promoting it's, our stuff. I'm, I'm being I, I don't, serious. I don't know dude. what we it's did cool. without him. He is the best spokesperson cool. our show has ever had, and he's currently on our show. Well, because I'm a, I was a fan of the show before I was on it. Is the thing that's that's what you got to do. You got to get people who are fans of the show. I know. As- I know. <laughs> I'm familiar with this. I had seven years before I was on the show of downloading every week. You know, uh, that's also great, but I also love when Slissa comes on and we have to explain what a podcast is. You know, it's it's a good time. It's not what our podcast is, what a podcast is. (laughs) Yes, a podcast. What is podcast? 
What is podcast? Yeah. Well, uh, folks, if you are wondering about that Patreon, check it out. Patreon.com slash TAC. And thank you so much for the support. Huge thanks to our producer, Dustin C as well. Uh, you can find more information about that over on the Patreon. And other than that, back catalog of episodes can be found at theangrychicken.com. We're typically live Monday nights, but next week, because of the new expansion, we actually would like to play it before we do our podcast. So next week, if you want to join us live, we'll be here at twitch.tv slash TV on Wednesday night. Next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Pending. Might be a little late. I have class next Wednesday. Oh, so no. no. sounds lame to say, but I should be done in time. Okay. So if we're a little late, that just no. And you probably don't because it's at the end of the podcast and no one heard this. Hey, Hat, where can folks find you? I have a joke first. It, I, not a joke, like a bit. It's, you know what else has class? Pure Paladin, which you'll be playing. Um, so you can find me. I I tweet at twitter.com slash hat. I'll be streaming on expansion night at 10 o'clock Eastern every expansion. I do six streams a year, three theory craftings now. Hopefully we'll get invited back for the next one. And then three launch streams. I open all my packs, keep track of which card back was the luckiest, and then play every deck I can uh, for, uh, at 10 o'clock Eastern time next Tuesday night. Twitch.tv slash ridiculous hat. And then I'm on two other Hearthstone podcasts where we're going to try and figure out what we do with content this week. Who knows what's going to be. Um, so that's Vicious Syndicate, where we take a high high level a look, or uh, a data driven look at the high level standard metagame over at viciousyndicate.com. And at CoinConceed, we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at coinconceed.com. Vigil also has that on his patron feed because he is a boss. That's what he is right there. Garrett, where can people find you? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter at Garrett Art. I just ended into the Nexus and will be rebranding that feed as a brand new podcast this Thursday. At the moment, it is titled Garrett and Kyle's Podcast Vacation. That has already been renamed because we put up two special episodes while I was in Key West talking about what it's like when your game is murdered and what's it, what it's like to change games as a content creator. And then we also did an episode where we talked about just our favorite games. And if you like those two episodes, you'll probably like the next show we launch because it might be a bit of a preview of things to come. It's got a picture of me and Kyle. It says new podcast loading on the art. Just subscribe to that and you'll get the new show when I launch it this Thursday. Looking forward to it. Also check out Grinding Gear on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV because I can't rename a YouTube URL. Go there. Get all of uh, Kyle and my Final Fantasy 14 content. We're putting up a new video this Wednesday. We just streamed today. We'll be streaming again on Thursday after we're done with the podcast. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Angry Chicken. Until next time, job's done. Job's done. Job's done. done. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 